brina katole de boro koto sekele de brina katana gagaya enge bojekele de brina katole de boro koto sekele de brina katonda lomo hondia enge bojeke alabaha father we praise and bless your holy name in the name of jesus heavenly father we come before your word humbly tonight we come before your word respectfully tonight. We come before your word tonight with our heart expecting to receive revelation knowledge from the teaching of your word. I decree that the entrance of your word give it light and it give it understanding to the simple. I decree that everyone connected to the service tonight, the word of the Lord builds you up and equips you. I declare that everyone hearing the sound of my voice, whatever is not planted by God is rooted out. And I declare that the revelation of Jesus grows big in your heart tonight through the preaching and the teaching of God's word. And I declare that by the end of this service, you will never be the same again. Jesus made manifest and glorified among us. Thank you, Lord, for your word. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says it powerfully. Amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our faith together as we say these words. I am born of God. I am born of the word. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus name. And every believer says that amen like thunder. Glory to God. We want to welcome everybody connected to the service tonight by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and all of you in Aquaibom State connected to the service by way of Comfort FM and XL FM. It's a joy to have everybody connected. Do me a favor. Invite a friend, a family, a neighbor within the neighborhood. Just, you know, call somebody up on phone. Ask them to tune to this radio station. Life is flowing through the airwaves by the teaching of God's word. All of you on the social media community Thank you that we've worked together just blanketing the world with the truth that is in Christ Jesus. Do me the same favor tonight. Share the video with all the groups on your Facebook page. Join more groups, as many as possible. Let's blanket the earth with the fragrance of Jesus' grace. Also, create watch parties, tag some people. Let's make sure nobody has a reason not to miss the truth that is coming out through the gospel in this house tonight. And thank you for, you know, helping me to get the word out there. All our house centers and campuses is a joy to have everybody connected. What a blessing tonight. Now, you grab your notebook, your pen, and your Bible. You can be seated with your sweet smart self as we get into the word of God. Praise God. Alright, it's still 60 days of glory. We are examining citizens of a beloved country. Citizens of a beloved country. And you know, tomorrow will be the last service for this first phase of 60 days of glory. It's been an adventure together, fellowshipping and learning and growing together in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Turn your Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 1 verse number 1. Hebrews chapter 1 verse number 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the Father's by the prophets. Unto the fathers. By the prophets. <clears throat> we are a beautiful people. Because we are beloved of God. So now we said. That the prophets. Are also the fathers. So a prophet. Is also a father. You know we did a construction here. We said. God was not the one. Who spoke in verse 1. Because in the Greek. The Greek never starts a statement with God. So, it is man who spoke. In Luke chapter 24, verse 25. Luke chapter 24, verse number 25. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets, the prophets, that the prophets have spoken. That the prophets have spoken. Alright, so take note of the word, the prophets have spoken. God who at sundry times in diverse manners spake to the fathers by the prophets. The construction is, in, in sundry times and diverse manners, the prophets spoke to the fathers. Now in Luke 24, the prophets have spoken. Look at the book of Acts chapter 3 verse 21. Acts 
chapter 3, verse number 21. Whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. By the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. So God... In the Old Testament, it was the mouth of the holy prophets. Look at First Peter chapter 1 verse 10. First Peter chapter 1 verse number 10. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, the prophets. So we see that the prophets were the ones who spoke. And in the Hebrew, the word prophet is the word Nabi. N-A-B-I. Nabi means spokesperson. One who speaks on behalf of a people. You know, just like in the Nigerian government, somebody could be a spokesperson for the government. Maybe the information minister who will speak on behalf of the government. And that's what the prophets were. It's not like God spoke anything directly. But those folks, the prophets, spoke on his behalf. They are also called seers. Or they are called teachers. Or they are called expounders. Those prophets are called seers or teachers. Or they are called expounders. In the New Testament, they are called prophets. One who speaks by inspiration. The Greek word prophetis. Prophetess, one who speaks by inspiration or one who speaks from what he has seen or what he has heard. One who speaks from what he has seen or what he has heard. That's what a prophet is. So, he says something from what he has seen or from what he has heard. We also have prophetess. Prophetess, because the word prophet that office is not just a male gift. Females also occupy the office and they are called prophetess. Now I want us to see something here. Romans chapter 15 verse 14. Romans chapter 15 verse number 14. Sorry. Romans 15 verse 4. Romans chapter 15 verse number 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime. They were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. They were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. He is talking about the Old Testament. What was written aforetime? Now, the construction of this terminology is strong because it is the word prographo. Prographo. You know the word grapho is where you have grapho, grafe, you know. Alright, so prographo. Prographo will mean something that was publicly said. Something that was publicly said. It, lend, it lends credence firstly to something that was first said publicly. Something that was first said publicly or something that was first known publicly. So, he is referring to books or materials that everybody knew it was said, then written. You will see that word, prographo, used in Galatians chapter 3 verse 1. Galatians chapter 3 verse number 1. Oh foolish Galatians. Who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ had been evidently set forth. Crucified among you. Crucified among you. There is a word there I'd like you to underline. The word evidently set forth. Evidently set forth. The word evidently set forth. It's the word that has been written or spoken. To be crucified. Something that was written or spoken in line with the crucifixion. That is, it happened right before you. 
evidently. He is saying that the Galatian church got to know about the crucifixion of Jesus by writing. They got to know about the crucifixion of Jesus by writing. Somebody wrote about it. Somebody wrote about the crucifixion of Jesus. So, they were not in Jerusalem to know. So he said, you have enough evidence in the written word to know that Jesus was crucified. You have enough evidence in the written word to know that Jesus was crucified. Then brother Paul also repeats the same thing in Ephesians chapter 3 verse number 3. Ephesians chapter 3 verse number 3. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words. The mystery as I wrote afore. The word afore is the word before in few words. It deals with a message. Not just a historical account. Because when you have the word prographo use. It deals with a message. Prographo deals with a message. Not just a historical account. So when he says in Romans 15.4, the things which were written are for. He is referring to the message written. The message that was written before. That is, there's a message that came. He is not saying that everything in the Old Testament was written for your learning. Uh-uh. He is talking about the message contained in the accounts of the Old Testament. Which means that not everything in the Old Testament is part of the message. So what brother Paul was making particular reference to here is the message. He is talking about a particular message that the Old Testament carries. Just like Jesus in John chapter 5 verse 39 will say to the Jews, John chapter 5 verse 39. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. But they are they which testify of me. They are they which testify of me. That is, the, the scriptures carries with it a message of my testimony. A message, in other words... The scriptures have a message. The scriptures have a message. The same thing in Romans 15.4. Which says that the scriptures were written afore. And in the writing of the scriptures afore, there was a message written. So, it's what message in the Old Testament that brings comfort. That message contained in the books of the Old Testament is what brings the comfort. Now, it is not by knowing the kind of hairstyle Delilah made. That's not the message. It's not how the Queen of Sheba came and fainted at the gate of Solomon. That's not the message of the Old Testament. It's not about how David killed Goliath. That's not the message of the Old Testament. You see, it's not about how Israel defeated the Amalekites. That's not the message of the Old Testament. So, if you go to the Old Testament and you are reading carelessly, that is, you found where it says, David went to a cave. And David went to a cave. If you are careful, you will start praying and saying, Oh God, oh God, bring me out of the cave. And shield me from my enemies. Bring me out of the cave. And shield me from my enemies. That is not what the message of the Old Testament is. You cannot use scriptures until it is explained to you. You cannot use scriptures until it is explained to you. If you remember when we are teaching about you know, the two kinds of righteousness... I emphatically established that the Old Testament must be explained. The Old Testament must be explained. It's very important. You cannot just be picking verses and, you know, be saying, you know, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. 
You are the bone of my bone, you know. When the bone is connected to the bone and the flesh to the flesh. Now that's not what he's saying there. Look at Genesis chapter 2 verse 23. Genesis, for example, Genesis 2 23. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Next verse. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. He was not discussing marriage in Genesis chapter 2. What was he discussing? Look at me everybody. Remember the New Testament explains the Old Testament. The New Testament explains the Old Testament. So what was he talking about when he was talking about bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh? She was taken out of a man, she shall be called woman. Well, look at the way brother Paul will explain it in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 30. Ephesians chapter 5 verse number 30. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. 31. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and they too shall be one flesh. Next verse. This is a great mystery. So what you have in the book of Genesis is a mystery or the revelation of Jesus concealed. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. The church is the bone of Jesus' bones. So the revelation, the, you know, in Genesis that Moses was communicating was the revelation of the inseparable union between Jesus and the church. That's why brother Paul, when he, when he quoted from Genesis, he said, but I speak a great mystery concerning Christ and the church. Or, you read about the ravens that brought supply to Elijah in the Old Testament. You know the ravens. And after you read, you now start praying, Oh God, who is the raven of my destiny? Where is the raven of my destiny? Bring to me the raven of my destiny. Well, that's not what he means there. That's not the message. That's not how the Bible is used. There is a message you have to understand from the scriptures. The scriptures carries with it a message. Now, pay attention. Romans 15 again, verse 4. Romans 15 again, verse number 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime, were written for our learning. The word learning. They were written for our learning. The word learning is the Greek word didaskalia. Didaskalia. Didaskalia means it is written for our teaching. Teaching. Learning. Teaching. That means the Old Testament was given as a teaching material. They are given for teaching. Teaching means that the Old Testament must and ought to be explained. The Old Testament must and ought to be explained. Not to cherry pick scriptures, but to explain them, to teach them, so that people can be built up. Whatsoever things were written aforetimes, they were written for our learning, for our explanation. They were written as teaching tools, for our teaching that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Look at the word patience of scriptures. You know that there was a consistency. That's why the word patience. That in the message of the Old Testament, there is a consistency. That the message of the Old Testament does not differ. That all the 39 books are tied together by one consistent message. That's why the word patience. That we, through patience, the consistency of scripture. 
the consistency in scripture or the consistency in what was written. The consistency in what was written. In that message that we might have hope. Have hope is the word to build upon. To have hope is the word to build upon. Like a foundation that we have. To build upon. That is from the message in the Old Testament. We have something that we are building upon. From the message of the Old Testament, we have something that we are building upon. Not that you look at the life of Abraham and you have hope. That's not what he means. He is not saying that you look at the life of Abraham and you have hope. No, he is saying that through the things that were written, through the message of the Old Testament, we can build upon it. Why? Because... We know that the epistles were built upon what was written in the Old Testament. The epistles were built upon the message, the consistent message of the Old Testament. Please stay with me. Stay with me. Now, through what was written in the Old Testament, we have built this. That is, we have hope By reason of the consistency of the message of the Old Testament. Now, so we are building upon what? Upon the message. Listen carefully. Not upon their lifestyle. Not upon the lifestyle of Elijah. The lifestyle of Solomon. The lifestyle of Jeremiah. The lifestyle of Elisha. The lifestyle of Moses. No. Our building is not on their lifestyle. We are building upon the message that is consistent. We are never called to imitate anybody in the Old Testament. Never. We have never been called to imitate anybody in the Old Testament. We are never called to imitate. We are only to learn from examples To learn from examples here and there. But even in learning from examples, we have to be very careful. Never say like Joseph. Never say like Joseph. Before you get to your destiny, you must go to the pit. There are three P's to your destiny. The pit, the prison, and the palace. And then there is a potiphar that will punish you. But God is using him. Now that is not how they taught in the apostolic church. In the apostolic church, they were not juggling scriptures like that. What is a pit? A pit is the word prophet in training. A pit is the word prophet in training. Means God is raising the prophets in a pit. Prophets in training. What are the characteristics of the pit? Four characteristics of the pit. Number one, the pit is deep. The pit is deep. Number two, there is loneliness in the pit. There is loneliness in the pit. And then you hear them shout, that is very deep. Wow, wow, that is very deep. Revelation, rev, rev, rev. Number three, there's no water in the pit, but God is there. There's no water in the pit, but God is there. Number four, there's an opening in every pit. There's an opening in every pit. (laughs) Doesn't that sound like some good motivational stuff, man? The pit to your destiny. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That is not how Bible teaching was done by the apostles. You build upon the message. Not the characters. Upon the message. Not the characters. Neither their lifestyle. You build upon the message. Not the characters. Neither their lifestyle. 
I'm sure somebody who just came in while I was saying those things was I said, hmm, this is very deep. This is very deep, you know. <laughs> oh my goodness, I tell you, man. When I hear people teach Bible like that, I can't stop laughing, you know. They give me, they give me some, they give me some vacation, you know. I just can't stop laughing. <clears throat> now, so, we build upon the message. Question, what is the message of the Old Testament? The message of the Old Testament is Christ Jesus. So, it's through the consistency of that message that we have hope. Through the consistency of that message that we build upon. The consistency of the message. So, when we study the folds in the Old Testament, what are we looking for? We are looking for the message, not their lifestyle. We are looking for the message, not their lifestyle. Look at First Corinthians, but before First Corinthians, remember Second Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. The word doctrine is the word didascalia, the word learning, teaching or explanation for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. For instruction in righteousness. Profitable for teaching. Meaning, there's a message in the scriptures. There's a message in the books of the Old Testament. Look at First Corinthians chapter 10. First Corinthians chapter 10. You read about what happened to the Jews. 40 years in Kadesh Barnea and their journey from Egypt. And you find Paul writes about it and he starts by saying in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 6. Pay attention. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 6. Now, these things were written or we are our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Next verse. Neither be idolaters as we are some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Next verse. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Next verse. Neither let us tempt Christ. As some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Next verse. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now verse 11. Now all these things happened unto them for examples. And they are written for our admonition. It happened unto them for examples, not for our examples. For examples. Then they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Upon whom the ends of the world are come. Please pay attention. Now, so the word example there. Again, that's why you don't cherry pick scriptures. You don't pick scriptures out of context. You don't pick scriptures out of context. Now, fornication is a work of the flesh. Alright? But, it is not in the context. It is not in this context. The message of this context is beyond fornication. Because that's not what he is saying. He is saying that these things happen to them for examples. The word examples means a precedent. Is the word tupos. T-U-P-O-S. Tupos in the Greek means pattern. Pattern. For example, a precedence or a pattern. It is not used for something you should follow after. Not necessary. You will see the same word... Used in Romans chapter 5 verse 4. I mean Romans chapter 5 verse 14. Romans chapter 5 verse number 14. Nevertheless, 
that reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned, after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. After the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure? About Adam, he said, he was a figure of sin that was to come. That is, Adam is an example of sin. So, he is saying, this is an example or a description of sin. They lusted after evil things and they were destroyed. He is not asking you to see an example of what can happen to you. No. Again, restrict your thought pattern to what they did. They lusted, they murmured, they lusted after evil things, they committed fornication, they rose up to play. So, he says, that is a pattern. Now, when the Bible teaches us to follow examples, we don't have to follow just anything. The example he told us to follow is the example of faith. Be followers of those who through faith. Those are the examples we are asked to follow. We are taught to look at faith in Christ. And sometimes we assume there could be a repeat of that. No, scripture doesn't teach that. Now look at Romans chapter 4 verse 12. Pay attention. Romans chapter 4 verse 12. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had been yet uncircumcised. Which he had been yet uncircumcised. Remember, we said the word steps is singular, not plural. That means there was a step Abraham took. What was the step? He believed God. He believed God. So he said, therefore, if we believe God like Abraham, we are justified by faith. Look at Galatians chapter 3 verse 7. Galatians chapter 3 verse number 7. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Verse 8. And the scripture foreseeing that God will justify the hidden through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. Look at verse 9. Oh, I love this one. So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. They which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Look at Romans chapter 4 verse 3. Talking about Abraham's faith. For what say of the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. He believed and it was credited to his account righteousness. Look at Romans chapter 4 verse 23. Abraham's faith. Now it was not written for his sake alone. That it was imputed to him. Next verse. Glory to God. But for us also to whom it shall be imputed. If we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. So it's about his faith. Now, come back to First Corinthians chapter 10 because we are not told to ever emulate the saints of old. We are not told to ever emulate the saints of old. Jesus in Luke chapter 10 verse 24. Look at Jesus' commentary. Luke 10, 24. For I tell you, many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which you see. 
and have not seen them. And to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. So there is nothing in them to emulate. They have desired to see what we're seeing and even didn't see it. Both prophets and kings. They've desired to see these realities. So we are not supposed to follow after them. They don't have anything that is superior to what we have. Now, we can teach from them. We can teach Christ from them. But we are not supposed to live after them. He said, they desired to see those things they didn't see. That includes Abraham. To hear those things you are hearing now, they didn't hear. You see that? In Matthew 13, he repeats the same thing. Now, so that is why the writer of Hebrews will say in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Abraham inclusive Moses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Next verse. Looking unto Jesus is the Greek word look away. Look away from the elders in Hebrews 11 who by faith obtain good report. Look away from them unto Jesus the author and finisher of faith. Jesus the author and finisher of faith. Please stay with me. Now, look away from them to Jesus. Because Jesus is the author and finisher of faith. He is the end point. He is the end point of everything that the Old Testament fathers and prophets believed for. He is the result of what they were of what they wanted. So, we cannot try to be like people who didn't have what we have. We cannot try to be like people who didn't have what we have. But we can teach from them. We can teach from them. That's exactly what we are doing, but we are not called to follow them. 1 Corinthians 10, 11. Look at it again. We're dealing with that scripture. 1 Corinthians 10, 11. Now all these things happened unto them for examples. And they are written not for our examples. They are written for our admonition. Remember what things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we, through patience, consistency of the message, and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. They are written for our admonition. Now, there's a careful use of the word here. He says, example, that is a pattern. A pattern of their lives. And we are written, and the word there is not the same as Kai. It is the word D, which is the word moreover. So, they were written moreover. Look at it, First Corinthians 10, 11 in the Amplified Version. First Corinthians 10, 11, Amplified. Now, these things befell them by the way of a figure, an example, and warning to us. They were written to admonish and fit us for right action by good instruction. We in whose days the ages have reached their climax, their consummation and concluding period. That is he is making a different statement. He is making a different statement that those things happened 
to them as a pattern of their lives. Whose lives we will see. We are not to copy, but we will see their lives. Now, they are written for our admonition. The word counsel. Where you have an instruction or teaching. Admonition. Counsel. Where you have an instruction or teaching. Is the word not, not seller. Not seller. N-O-U-T. S-E-L-A. In Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4, we see the use of the word admonition. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. Fathers, give me the King James Version. Ephesians 6 4. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Nurture and admonition Bring up your children in the admonition, in the teaching, in the counsel. Not seller. Something to think about. Like nose. Something to think. That is, it was written for us to think upon. For us to think upon. So the question is, what exactly are we to think upon? Now pay attention, this is key. What are we to think upon or what exactly are we to think upon? Should we say that if you sin, you'll be destroyed? Or if you sin, God is displeased and you'll be destroyed of self? No, that's not what the message is in that text. He says, admonition upon whom the end of the world has come. What is ends of the world? What is end of the world? What we call the last days. What is the last days? The day of redemption. The amplified version calls it the meeting of the times or the consummation of the ages. You know, in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, that the things that do appear were not made of things that do appear. Okay? Now, in the meeting of the ages, those times now ended up all the different times of the Old Testament, all of it consummated in one time. And that time is the time that we're in. The closure of all that the Old Testament people hoped for, prophesied, looked forward to, looked for, all of it climaxed in the resurrection of Jesus. So that resurrection is the last days. The redemptive work of Christ is the culmination of the ages or the meeting of the ages or what we call the day of Christ. The time of Abraham, the times of Noah, the times of Abel, the times of Moses, all of them met in Christ. The meeting of the ages. The meeting of the ages. Please pay attention. So he now says, upon whom the meeting of the ages have come. Which is what we call the last days or the day of Christ. The meeting of the ages. See the, ter- the terminology there in Hebrews 9.26. The same terminology. Hebrews 9.26. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world had he appeared. In the end of the world. In the consummation of the times. Has he appeared? What is the consummation of the times? To put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. So the consummation of the time, the end of the ages, is the sacrifice of himself. The sacrifice of himself. End of the world. The day of Christ or the meeting of the ages. So he says, this end of the world, this meeting of the ages has come to us. It has come to us. Remember, Paul is giving a historical account. 
And you must realize very importantly the people is referring to because you can lose the lesson here and begin to scare believers from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Meanwhile, Paul was teaching faith. And you begin to scare believers once you do not see what the message of that text is. So the question is, who was brother Paul addressing in 1 Corinthians chapter 10? He was addressing Israel. When they left Egypt for Canaan, and particularly in the wilderness called Kadesh Barnea. In the wilderness called Kadesh Barnea. Go to 1 Corinthians 10, 1 now, so you see what we're talking about. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I will not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Question. Those fathers, is any of them your father? Huh? No. The father of the Jews. The father of the Jews. Jewish fathers. Specific people he is addressing. Look at the description in verse 3. First Corinthians 10 verse 3. And did all eat the same spiritual meat? Verse 4. And did all drink the same spiritual drink? For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Next verse. But with many of them, God was not well pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. They were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, God was not well pleased. The question is, what exactly does he mean by God was not well pleased? It means that God was not well pleased with them because they rejected the message. They rejected the message. So the people is describing here, we are not believers. They were not believers. So that First Corinthians 10 is not an example for believers. Because the people is addressing, we are not believers. Let us see another description of these same people because they were not believers. You will see the message in Numbers 11, 12 to 14. You can read that for personal study. But I'm going to read the same context in Hebrews 3, 7. Put it up for me. You can go, when you get home, you can read Numbers 11, 12 to 14. Now Hebrews 3, 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if you will hear his voice. Next verse. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness. Next verse. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. So the people is dealing with here, where the people in the wilderness. Give me that, that Hebrews chapter 3 now, verse 9. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years, verse 10. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. Next verse. So I swore in my wrath, They shall not enter into my rest. 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. 13. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. What sin is he talking about here? Unbelief. Look at verse 14 to 16 of the same Hebrews 3. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Next verse. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. As in the provocation. Next verse. For some 
when they had heard, did provoke. Did you see that? How be it not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. Not all that came out of Egypt. So, we are talking about the same set of people in First Corinthians 10. They are not believers. Look at verse 17 and 18 of Hebrews 3. 17 and 18. But with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned? Whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? Next verse. And to whom swore he that they should not enter into his rest? But to them that believed not. So, they were not believers. They were unbelievers. Look at verse 19. Hebrews 3.19. So we see that they could not enter in. Why? Because of unbelief. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1 now. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. Why? Not being mixed with faith in them that heard. So, they had the word, but did not believe it. That was the situation in First Corinthians chapter 10. So are they our examples? No. Was Abraham an example of faith in the Old Testament? Yes. Those folks in First Corinthians 10, are they example of believers in the Old Testament? No. Now, look at Hebrews chapter 4 verse 3. For we, glory, we which have believed do enter where? Into rest. Who entered rest? We that believe. He saw that they would not enter rest. Why? Unbelief. So are they our example? Why? We believe. They didn't believe. So they cannot be our examples. Is it getting clear now? They cannot be our example. So, what exactly is he saying? Pay attention. First Corinthians 10.12 Wherefore, let him that thinketh his standard take it, lest he fall. How many of you have heard that scripture quoted many times for Christians? They quote it all the time. But let him that take it, think it is standing, take it lesson. They are quoting out of context. Because that's not what that scripture is saying. The key word there is, think it. He didn't say, let him that stand there, take it lest he fall. Once I'm standing, I can't fall now. But let him that think it is standing. So he's not standing. He's only thinking he's standing. Because as he's thinking he's standing, he's really not standing. That's the key word. Let him that thinketh. The key word there is thinketh. Thinketh is the Greek word dokio. Dokio means to assume. To appear to. It means an assumption. It is used in classical Greek for a subjective opinion. That is, you are not objective. You are not objective. They are subjective. Or, you are subjectively thinking an assumption. You will see that word in Matthew 3, 9, 1 Corinthians 3, 18. Matthew 3, 9, 1 Corinthians 3, 18. Seem to be, seem to be an assumption. Let him that thinketh 
Or let him that is assuming take heed lest he falls. That's a bad English. If I was translating that verse in today's English, I will have said, take heed not to fall. Take heed not to fall. Not to, it's not like, take it not to fall out of salvation. The fall there is the same that James will say something like, count it all joy when you fall into diverse tests and trials. The word fall in James is different from this fall. But just for you to see how it, it is also used somewhere else. The word fall there means not to come against. Not to come, take heed, lest he comes against. But the word fall in this context is the word, word under. Every time it is used in Greek, it is the word pipto. It means to fall under or to cave, to cave. So fall under what? He is saying, let him that assumes he is standing take heed. Watch, lest he falls under. Now, hold that interpretation. Look at that First Corinthians again, 10.13. Let's see what he's saying. You should take it not to fall under. 10.13. There had no temptation. There had no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted. Above that you are able. But will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Is it getting clear? So, Paul acknowledges in his writing in First Corinthians 10 that we are all tempted. What did he say about those folks in the old covenant? They were all tempted. So he's saying, you also will be tempted. But there's no temptation taking you. That is not common to man. Amen. Somebody said to me, it's common. Okay. No temptation has taken you that is not common to man. The phrase common... To man is one word in the Greek. It's the word anthropinos. Anthropinos means it's human. So it is human to be tempted. It's human to be tempted, you know, to murmur. It's human to be tempted to commit fornication. It's human to be tempted. It's not strange. So he has told you examples of temptation that are common within human beings. And he's not using believers because believers have believed and believers have entered rest. He can only use unbelievers. So he is saying they were tempted and lusted after other things they were into idolatry and fornication. Then he now said, for you, no temptation that is not human. So, temptations are not demonic. Temptations are because we are humans. James 1.13 Let no man say, when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted of evil, neither tempted he any man. Next verse. But every man... But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed and enticed and enticed. And for these common problems, you don't need to be looking for deliverance. Because it is for these common problems that some preachers will now tell you to go for deliverance. 40 days fasting, 50 days fasting. Meanwhile, all of these are common to man. They are activities. They are not demonic. They are things that are common to men. And then he now finishes it. He now says, 
If Jesus was tempted, you also will be tempted. Why was Jesus tempted? Because he was a man. He was a human. So all humans get tempted. But they were not destroyed because they were tempted. It's common. Okay? So what destroyed them in Kadesh Barnea was not fornication. It was not murmuring. Those are common things within human activities. And for believers, God is faithful. He will make a way of escape with the temptation. Now, so why were they destroyed? They were destroyed because they didn't please God. They were destroyed because of unbelief. Look at that 1 Corinthians 10.13. 10.13. 1 Corinthians 10.13. There are no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted. Above that you are able. But will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be it. Somebody told me very loud there is a way of escape. Alright, so he is faithful. He will provide a way of escape. I checked the word way of escape is the Greek word ekbasis. Ekbasis. E-K-B-A-S-I-S. Means success. Used for a good result. Good result. Good result. Just like James thought and said that, that God has provided a way of escape. The authority for us to overcome temptation. And what was the way of escape? What was the way of escape? He now says flee. Flee. So he is teaching that temptation is common to humanity. But the man who has believed God, God is faithful. He will make a way of escape. God will bail you out. God is faithful. He will make a way of escape. That is You'll be able to bear it. Amen. I said amen. So why did brother Paul write 1 Corinthians chapter 10? To establish the faithfulness of God in making a way of escape for believers out of every temptation. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Out of every temptation. Those of you that are going through trials and temptations and tests right now, God is faithful and is making a way of escape for you and you're going to bear it and come out of it more victorious than you were ever. You're going to come out of it without a scar. You're going to come out of it without any impediment. You're going to come out of it without shame and embarrassment. Why? God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted above what you can handle and he will with the temptation make a way of escape. So 1 Corinthians chapter 10 is Paul establishing the faithfulness of God for believers to make a way of escape. Can somebody shout hallelujah? So he's not saying we should follow the examples. He's not saying we should learn from them. No, he is saying all that they went through were things that were common to men. The only thing that destroyed them was that they didn't believe the gospel. But for us believers, even when we go through temptations that are common to men, God is faithful. He will make a way of escape that you may bear it and escape out of it. And I have news for you. You're coming out of everything that has, has come against you. Everything that has brought pain and shame. Everything that is threatening your life. I declare right now, wherever you're hearing the sound of my voice, victory is yours right now. You're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from victory and forcing the victory that is yours in Christ Jesus. I thought somebody would shout hallelujah. Stand on your feet. That's all I've got for you tonight. God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted above what you can handle. And he has made a way of escape. Amen. I thought somebody would shout, you're coming out. Say that's a prophecy to somebody, you're coming out. Yeah, you're coming out. You're coming out. Yeah, you're coming out. You're coming out. You won't be trapped in. You won't be kept there. You won't be stuck there. You're coming out. And it doesn't matter how long it's been lingering. It doesn't matter how long it's been hanging. It doesn't matter how long it's been there. You're coming out of it tonight. God has made a way of escape for you. Now we command you in the name of Jesus, wherever you're hearing the sound of my voice, identify that way of escape. Identify that way of escape. Identify that way of escape. Victory is yours now in the name of Jesus. Satan, get your hands off in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. 
And I speak a miracle over those who need miracles. I speak favor for those who need favors. And I speak the blessing over everyone hearing the sound of my voice. The revelation of God's word grows big on your inside. Until nothing else matters. In Jesus precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of finality. Glory. Amen. Can we give the Lord some crazy shout in this building? Whoa! Amen! Listen very carefully. I'm joining Mr. Michael Bush in the next two minutes in the other studio so we can answer your questions tonight and interact open phone lines. Incidentally, tonight is the last evening we are having in 60 days of glory to answer calls and to talk to you. Tomorrow it will be in the afternoon and that will be the last one for the first phase of 60 days of glory before we begin 60 days of glory extended. But I'm so excited. And tomorrow morning everybody is going to be right here in Power City physically. We're inviting all our radio audience. You've been blessed by the teachings. You want to come and join us in the ground celebration tomorrow morning two services first service 7 30 a.m second service 10 a.m and please when coming come with your face marks that will be the prerequisite for you being admitted into the building come with your face marks that's what the state government has put as a regulation so make sure you come with your face marks very important and then when you arrive, we'll make sure that everybody is able to be, you know, have space in the building, you know, in the service and come on time. Because if the main bowl of the house is parked, we may have to send some people to the overflow facility. So come early, both in the first and in the second service. But I'm excited, believe me. Tomorrow is partnership service. We're going to, you know, take up the partnership offerings to help all that we're doing for the rest of the year. And I want to give you an opportunity tonight to give your offerings wherever you're hearing the sound of my voice. Thank you, partners and friends, for giving to this ministry. Your offerings have made it easy for us to get the gospel all over the nations of the earth. I'd like you to lift up your offerings tonight. I want to pray quickly before I join Mr. Michael Bush. Those on radio, Mr. Bush, you read the banking details. Those online and on TV, the banking details are scrolling on the screen. What a joy to serve you the grace of God. Father, we give in faith tonight. We give with joy and we thank you for the privilege of of giving and making a difference in the gospel. Thank you that our offerings are a sweet smell and tonight we rejoice that through our offerings, the gospel is spreading all over the nations of the earth. And Lord, we ask that tonight, as we give everyone giving, your needs are met according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you for the blessing over your people in Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of finality. Amen. Glory to God. Hey guys, we love you. I'm joining Mr. Bush in another few seconds in the other studio. You don't want to go away. Invite more people, both online and, you know, on TV or radio. Get more people on. Let's have a blast as we interact with all of you tonight. But guys, we love you. Looking forward to a blast. You know, even tomorrow morning, I'm too excited about the service tomorrow as we conclude the 60 days of glory. What a time. Have you been blessed through this period? Man, I tell you, I'm so excited about it. Let's celebrate as I get to the other studio and celebrate our viewers online for being a part of this service. Glory! Trust and that you have been blessed by this message. For these, all the messages and books by Dr. Ava 